This is PhotoBizX, episode number 466, and today we are talking family portrait photography with a photographer who was working their butt off to make their business a success. It turns out the secret was to triple their pricing, which is exactly what they did and haven't looked back since. And funnily enough, they're operating in a market where plenty of photographers would say this just isn't possible. Our special guest is Helen Shriver from the UK, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast, another fun interview with a UK-based photographer. That's two in a row and I'm sure there are going to be plenty of takeaways from what Helen shares today. As far as me and my week is concerned, if you are on my email list, you'll know that I have a broken wrist (laughs) and the timing could not be any worse. I'm heading away to Spain and France on Sunday. I'm going for a cycling trip. So yeah, it just... It was terribly bad timing. Luckily for me, it's a pretty minor break. I'm wearing a removable cast and the advice I have found after looking around for plenty of different advice until I got the answer that I was looking for is that I can ride with this cast. So uh, it's not all bad. I did share some of this in an email which went out yesterday. And in that email, I asked for your stories if you've ever had an incident or accident that has prevented you from working. And I got back a number of replies. I'm going to share some of those after the interview with Helen. So stick around for those if you want to hear some funny, scary, horrible stories from other photographers that have been in some predicaments like mine. And now, a macro look at the last episode. If you didn't catch last week's interview with Ali Stewart-Ross from Scotland in the UK, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one. Ali went through a complete rebrand. She also changed the genre of focus that she was going to be photographing. And she had so many comments, so much advice from people who meant well, who had her interests at heart, from other professional photographers who all said she is absolutely crazy the business name doesn't make sense, you're being too targeted, too focused with the genre you want to focus on, this just isn't going to work. Well, you'll have to tune in to hear the full story with Ali, but I can say she has proved everyone wrong. Her business has proved to be a success and her Scandi style of photography, newborn photography, is being well received by her clients. So go back and check out that interview with Ali Stewart-Ross if you haven't heard it yet. I know you'll love what she shares and her story. Photo Biz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Helen I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. But the good news is the premium membership is on special this week until the end of the month. You can get a 12-month membership for 50% less than what you'd be paying for a monthly membership and 40% off the regular 12-month price. It works out to a measly $10 per month. 
There are more details over at photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. And by joining up, you get access to the full interviews every single week. You stop missing out on hearing the best parts from every single guest because that's exactly what I do. I save the best parts of each interview for premium members only. So more details are at photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. UK photographers are often heard to say it's tough to charge what many other photographers do in other parts of the world and that their market is just different to everywhere else. And last year, I posted a request inside the members Facebook group looking for successful UK-based portrait photographers to interview and help dispel those myths. Since then, I've featured a few photographers, including the amazing Helen Bartlett from episode 435 and Siona Masumi from episode 428. And recently, I'm happy to report another photographer sent me a PM and she says, Hi, Andrew. Hope you're well. I commented on your post a while back asking about UK photographers hitting good average sales. You asked me to report back if things continued going well for me. Well, I put my prices way up around this time last year and I almost trebled them. My averages have also more than trebled and it's now 1,700 UK pounds. And I just made a 2,400 pound sale in just 30 minutes, which prompted me to message you. Smiley emoji. Happy to chat sometime. I do lifestyle documentary shoots, mostly in my clients' homes and I do IPS in their homes too. So that was enough for me to send an invite for this interview. I'm talking about the lovely Helen Shriver, and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. Thank you for having me. Is it true? Like, is the UK market different, do you think, to, to other parts of the world? And I know you are UK based, but from what you've heard on the podcast? I think it is to an extent. I think families in the UK for them having a photo shoot each year isn't really particularly the done thing as I know it is in the US. I'm not so sure about in Australia or elsewhere, but yeah, people often need like a reason to book a shoot. It's not necessarily something that they'll do on a regular basis. Sure. Look, I think that's pretty similar the world over. Certainly here in Australia, we need to give, you know, families and particularly mums a reason to, you know, pick up the phone or send the mm. email to make a booking. But what about on the sales side of things like, once you've photographed a family, do you find it's you know pretty easy to make a good sale? It is, but I think it is now because of the prep that I put in with the client in sort of establishing that in their mind that they're going to be spending a certain amount of money and that we're going to be looking at buying print products as well as digital files. And I kind of, I work on that from the very beginning now with clients. Like I get straight on the phone with them and stuff like that. If you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said like British people just won't spend that much on photography. Right, which is what we hear so often. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious though, like I, I know you say it's easier now and you have these yeah. processes in place, but like if you hadn't known the processes a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. do you think you would have got the same sales as you do now or do you think it's more of a mindset thing? It's definitely hugely a mindset thing. Yeah, that's the other thing that's changed for me um, in about the last year. So I started working with a couple of coaches. So Jeff Brown, who I know has been on the podcast a couple of times, I did his like mentoring program and then also worked with another coach who's kind of, she was a photographer herself and she's kind of business and what's the word, like a life coach. 
as well. So I worked on mindset a lot with her, which was, yeah, super helpful. So it's got a lot to do with it. What was her name or what is her name? Uh, That's Natalie McKenzie Brown. And she's based in the UK as well, like Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So which of those two coaches was it that prompted you to triple, treble, I was going to say triple and (laughs) combine it with treble, (laughs) to triple your prices? Um, I remember a conversation with Jeff. I just remember him like in a really blasé way saying, well, obviously the digital file should be at least 900. And I remember thinking, what? That's insane. I think mine were 450 for the full set at the time. And he just seemed so confident saying it himself. And I knew he'd obviously had success with his own photography business. So yeah, that kind of stands out. And then what I also did was I looked at exactly how many shoots I wanted to be doing each year, how much money I wanted to make, how much time I actually have to do that and realize pretty quickly, like they needed to go up a lot. They needed to at least double for me to just be able to survive really and have a nice lifestyle. (laughs) Okay. So let's just dive into the numbers just a little bit, just so the listeners got a bit of an idea. Yeah, sure. So what was your target? Like what revenue did you want to be turning over? So when I put them up, I wanted, I think my goals have changed hugely. They just keep going up. <laughs> I think at the time I wanted to make sales of about 60,000 a year. Okay. And this is British pounds. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure how that translates, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's okay. So 60,000. <laughs> and then, so you looked at the amount of hours you had available. Yeah. And then how many shoots you could fit in those hours and realize, okay, I've got to be doubling my prices to even get close to 60,000. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that I've done again this year. And I've really looked at the shoots I did last year, what money I made from different types of shoots. So I do mini shoots and I do like full kind of two hour shoots and really looked at what were the most profitable shoots that I do and how many of those can I fit into my year. And then from there, I decided where I was going to try and get them from, get those bookings from. Okay, so you're really choosing the prices to give you the lifestyle you want, not what you think the photography is valued at. Exactly. Yes, because I know that I wouldn't have paid, I maybe still wouldn't (laughs) pay what I charge. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not about me. It's about what the client thinks is worth it. And they're in a whole different, generally they're in a whole different pay bracket than I am. They earn more money than I do, so they're willing to spend that amount. Before we talk about those clients, what are your targets for this year, 2022? So this year, it's a bit tricky with VAT, whether I stay under or go well over. So that's basically like an added, like an extra tax we have to pay. So I'm going to be seeing how it goes after about six months. My target's at least 100K and I hope to either like completely smash that or I'll actually decide to stay under the VAT threshold, which is a bit less than that. Okay, so is that a conversation that you'll have with your accountant or you just make that decision when it comes to it? I think I'll just make that decision because it'll come down to just maybe slowing down towards the end of the tax year and not doing as many shoots then or perhaps like, you know, putting people off into the next year. Okay, so the VAT, what percentage is that in the UK? I don't actually know. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So in Australia, we have the GST, which is, I guess, similar, the goods and services tax. Mm-hmm. And we basically, well, we have to include that in our pricing. So doesn't the VAT, doesn't it get passed on to the clients anyway? 
It does, but that obviously just makes the total bigger for them. Right, okay. So, yeah, I would then have to charge even more, and then i pass that on to the government, yeah. Right, so you collect VAT from the client, pass that on to the government, and yes, you may exactly. not know this, but do you have to show that VAT on the invoice to your client so they know that's VAT? I think I, think I would have to, yeah. Right, okay. Okay, so you'll make that call when it gets to it. And again, just for the listener who's based overseas, let's say in US dollars, 100,000 UK or British pounds is uh, at the moment 126,000 US dollars to give you a bit of an idea. So we're talking about a great little business. Yeah. You're making good coin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I certainly am now. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I guess as well, like I don't have any studio costs. My costs are actually pretty low. I don't have a lot of fixed costs. My costs are sort of per client. It's getting to their house. Uh, for the shoot it's like the travel costs going back to do the viewing appointment and then it's yeah like the cost of what they buy it's like I don't have a studio space or an office space or anything that I need to pay for okay you're just running everything from home from a yeah a bedroom at home hmm. you know talking about your clients I can just hear the UK based photographers screaming at me to ask where you're based <laughs> and I know they're all thinking I bet she's based in London are you based in London <laughs> Um, sort of. (laughs) So most of my work is in London, but I'm actually based in the southeast of England in a place called Ashford. We're lucky we have a fast train to London, so I take the train quite a lot. But as time goes on, I'm getting more and more clients that are based down this way. And again, I think that was probably partly a mindset thing. I was thinking I need to market to London because that's where the rich people are. And actually, I'm realizing now that there are rich people everywhere <laughs> in little pockets and little areas. I think there are. Okay. So you're making the same kind of sales now from your own community. I am. Yeah. Wow. And is that a surprise to you or would it be a surprise to other photographers in the UK that you're doing that? Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. It is a surprise for me. Um, the other thing is I did um, just full disclosure, a lot of my clients in London are from overseas some are from the US or from Canada or from Australia and I used to say to myself well that's why they're spending more because they're not British (laughs) but actually (laughs) so I put my prices up and I just thought well I'm just going to go for those clients but actually the more I present those prices to people and just think oh they're not going to book because they're from here actually they do I think a lot of people don't actually know how much photography costs and what I do is basically here's the price and this is why it's worth it this is the service that you're getting to justify that price it's like a world away from a sort of shoot and burn you know like that when people post on Facebook and they're like oh someone that doesn't cost an arm and a leg someone's really reasonable blah 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 so yeah my job is to show them what they're paying for and what they get for that money in terms of service and Got it. I'm going to ask you how you do that. But firstly, mm-hmm. what were you doing to attract people from Australia, the US, overseas? Were they visitors or are they residents now in the UK? So they're residents. To be honest, like I think that's why I've assumed that hiring a photographer is a more regular thing for families from the US particularly, I would say. You know, they have a baby, of course, they're going to have a newborn photo shoot. And they'll have one each year. And maybe it's also the fact that they live here and their family are back home in the US. 
So they want photos to send to family and that kind of thing. But as I say, that's like, that was my kind of old view of it. But now that I'm booking people from here too that are paying those prices, then I'm not so sure. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's talk about your business now. Like, what are you doing to actually find these people to get the phone ringing, to get the emails coming in, to get the inquiries booked? So I do a lot of what I call promotions. So I would include in that, like the Facebook ads, the Bernie ads, the model calls. I'll do kind of three or four of those a year and get 10 shoots roughly booked from each one. So that keeps my diary like fairly full. I did, um, you know, Julie Christie yes. talks in business. So she has a giveaway strategy in her membership group, which was, well, that's worked amazingly for me. I did that in January and I booked 10 shoots from that as well. Then I have, um, I create a lot of content that's useful for families in London. So I'll create like a guide to alternative Christmas activities in London, for example. And then I'll put that out into Facebook groups and to my email list and that kind of thing. And on social media, people who aren't already on my list, obviously they're going to give me their email in order to download it. And then I'll have a sequence of emails going out to them. I love it. I love it. Okay. See, I had a look. You're not actually running any ads right now, but we're all familiar with those style of ads. The giveaway strategy, I'm assuming, guessing that runs on Facebook as well. Yeah. So that was on Facebook and Instagram. I didn't actually advertise that to my email list. So I just wanted kind of new clients, as it were, new people, new followers. And I gave away a photo shoot with a few digital files and a large piece of wall art. So that was worth £1,300. And then what I've done is send out vouchers as runner-up prizes right. to everybody else who entered. Got it. Yeah. And, they, and then again, they got a sequence of emails then persuading them to use the voucher. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And again, so, I mean, there's nothing sort of extraordinary that you're doing. You're just being consistent with your marketing and bringing people to your website and generating leads. Yeah, exactly. I have like a plan for the year for marketing where I've got a different focus in each month or two, which I think was so useful when I was planning this year, like how much do I want to earn over the year? Where is that money actually going to come from? So I can see from past figures, like what I tend to make on average from a mini shoot, what I make from a full shoot, how many inquiries do I get that are fully paying clients, i.e. they're not from a promotional type activity. And then I've basically assigned like exactly how many people do I want to book for each sort of marketing campaign that I have planned in. So you're pretty strategic with this whole thing. Like this isn't happening by accident, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how offhand how many clients you're looking to book throughout the year, roughly? Yes. Yeah, so I looked, my target is to get five, like, a, again, fully paying clients. So people who are coming to me, would like to book a shoot. Um, I want five of those per month. And they have another sort of three or four that can be from a model call. They tend, in my experience, like for me, they spend slightly less. It's still a good average. And it's a cheap way of getting people through the door and filling my diary. 
So I want sort of three or four that maybe aren't paying me a session fee. They've got a free shoot, whatever reason, or like a voucher or something. And that's per month as well? Yeah. Okay, so you're looking for around eight to ten sessions per month? Yeah. Nice. So it's pretty manageable then too as well for you. It is, yeah. And I'm actually, I've outsourced quite a bit recently as well. So I've lightened my workload in terms of like, I just, I do the shooting and the selling appointments. And then I'm doing a lot of my marketing still myself, but I have taken on someone to help me with that. And also a virtual assistant who does a lot of my admin for me now, which is amazing. Nice. So when you say you've outsourced the marketing, so there was a big question about this just recently inside the members group. There was a photographer asking, you know, it was basically saying that they don't enjoy the marketing of their business as much as the shooting and probably the selling as well. And can you outsource the marketing? What are you actually outsourcing? So I'm basically, I've taken on somebody to help me with, social media it's not a huge amount she's going to do like two or three posts for me a week one of which is going to be a reel because I don't understand reels (laughs) and she's also kind of a PR expert so she knows about things like approaching influencers on Instagram so we're looking at doing that like maybe finding someone we can offer a free shoot to and work with that way and that kind of stuff. So she's a marketing expert. So she's got a good kind of overview and can help with bits here and there as and when I need them. And then she's also going to be doing my social media sort of week by week. Got it. Okay. So you're still going to run the Facebook ads. You're going to run the giveaway promotions and, you know, design the guides and give them away to your different Facebook groups and things like that. Yeah. You're still doing the bulk of that heavy lifting. Yeah. It's like the stuff that I actually enjoy more is the planning and the coming up with the ideas and stuff. I actually, I do enjoy um, writing some types of content. The bit that for me like takes time is if I've written a blog post, say of tips or something, it's then breaking that down into social media posts. It's putting that as a Google post. It's creating a newsletter out of it that can go out to my email list. So my virtual assistant will actually do those bits because it's kind of just copy and pasting, but it does just take so much time. So got it. good to get rid of that bit. <laughs> absolutely. Look, I'm looking at your website and I've got to say it's absolutely fantastic. It's a gorgeous website. It's beautifully done. I can see that it's also a marketing machine. <laughs> is it as effective as you want it to be? I mean, you've got opt-in boxes there. One is for your price list. Yeah, another one to get one of the guides that you talked about. Are people signing up for those things? Yes. I think when I last checked, I have about 20 people a month download my pricing great which is okay I think I've only just started I've only just kind of put a an email sequence out to those people I'm ashamed to say before they were just downloading the pricing and then just not hearing from me <laughs> but I have rectified that now so it'll be interesting to see how well that works but yeah like I'm pretty pleased with that figure absolutely I think 20 a month is fantastic but you can't really assess how that's working yet because you don't know how many of those people are actually calling back for shoots? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I haven't really got like the kind of results to look at from that. But I've booked at least two this year that downloaded my pricing and then got in touch themselves. Fantastic. Great. And they told you that, did they? Or you asked them? Yeah. Yeah, I ask everyone like how they found me. So Got it. The guides that you referred to, like you sort of underplayed them a little bit because I did download one of your guides when we were setting up this interview. (laughs) And um, let me see that I've got it here in front of me. The one that I downloaded, 
Which one is this? Uh, this is the free ultimate family adventure guide to spring in London 2022. Mm-hmm. This thing is amazing. Oh, thanks. Like, it is so good. Um, first of all, do you want to describe it for the listener? Yeah. So it is what it says on the tin. It's a guide to spring activities in London um, for families. I try and make it a little bit kind of alternative kind of not giving people like the obvious things to do that they probably already know about. And then I've got different categories. There's one for like walks and trails. There's indoor activities for when the weather's rubbish. (laughs) There's outdoor activities, um, quirky and fun museums. Uh, I can't remember what else. Oh, and like foodie things like afternoon tea and that kind of stuff. So I source my ideas from Facebook and Instagram um, I'll ask in groups and I'll just put a post out on my personal page or whatever. Um, like kind of give me your ideas. So that takes a lot of the work out of it for me, obviously. Then I'll have a Google and see what else I can find and then put it together. And do you do that or do you hire a designer to help put it together? No, I do that. So I did it on Canva, actually. Nice. I love Canva. Okay. <laughs> Look, it's absolutely gorgeous. And like you said, it, it does what it says it does. It's got links. It's got so many different great ideas. Like I'm building this up to be something amazing. Is it getting downloaded and used? Are you hearing about it from clients? Yes. Yeah, I am actually. So I did one for Christmas. That one was, I think, about 110 downloads. And this spring one was 80 something. Um, I think I could market it a lot better than I have. I've created like a lot of social media posts from it and that kind of thing. And then, you know, to get the full guide, go to the link in my bio, that kind of stuff. But yeah, like I'm happy with those numbers. And I've had, I had two mini shoots booked from it and one full shoot so far as well. Fantastic. So that's people who've downloaded it and then received some emails from me afterwards. Okay. And this one, I did see there is a follow-up sequence, email sequence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you've got that in place. Oh, you've been getting that. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got that in place, which is great. This PDF idea, this idea of giving away things to do for families, like it's not 100% photography related, but it's perfect for your target clients. Yeah. This is the kind of thing I've heard, you know, other interview guests talk about, but I never hear about, you know, members and listeners actually implementing it because it just seems like too much work. But it sounds like it wasn't a huge amount of work. Yeah. I quite enjoyed doing it. And I think I saw the potential for various ways of potentially bringing clients in from it. And the other thing I did was anyone who sent me a tip of a, of a place or an activity that I then used in the guide, I then gave them a £50 voucher to use towards photo shoot. Nice. So that was a lot of people that I could then get back in touch with personally and offer them that and offer them the chance to have a call with me and talk about what they could use that voucher towards. I mean, 50 quid doesn't go very far, but it's like, a, you know, it's a starting a conversation, I suppose. Absolutely. And were people responsive to that? Yeah. So I've booked one shoot from that as well, actually. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And so you've done a series of these guides. So it sounds like once you've got one for spring, one for Christmas, you can just update them and you know reuse them every year from now on. Oh, yeah, completely. So I think the design sort of part of it probably took the longest, but now I can just use the same template each time. And as I said, in terms of like the ideas for what to include, like it's all there on the internet. <laughs> and from other followers, yeah. Other people are writing the same kind of content, you know. 
And then, as I say, with asking people for ideas as well, that was I got a lot of things I wouldn't have found otherwise that I could include. So. Okay, cool. Have you tried advertising this or these you know, in a Facebook ad or Instagram ad? I haven't actually. No. All right. Not yet. I'd be curious to hear how that would go for your target market. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about your mindset change. Just tell me a little bit and the listener about your actual business. So I said in the intro, you go to clients' homes. So is it day in the light photography? Is it documentary style photography only that you're doing? Not really. I think I've kind of settled somewhere between lifestyle and documentary. (laughs) What I found was my clients are very busy. They don't particularly like the idea of spending a whole day with a photographer So I actually, my shoots used to be about three hours as standard, or there was the option to spend a whole day with me. I've actually, I think I've still got the full day on my website, but I'm going to be taking it off as an option. So now it's just, I say, allow up to two hours for your shoot, but about an hour and a half is usually enough. And I actually do find that's the case. Perhaps having more experience I'm just now like just kind of quicker at getting what I need I suppose what I know they want so let's say I make an inquiry I've downloaded your guide I've had a few emails I love your work Mm -hmm. I request a chat which I can do on your website um we have a chat what are you telling me on that chat like are you just making out that it's going to be a real simple easy shoot and then are you selling me on the idea of buying wall art yeah so I have My print products are wall art albums and then print boxes. So I ask a lot of questions, though, initially. I think that's really important. So a big one for me is I'll ask, have they had a photo shoot before? How did they feel about the experience of that shoot? What did they end up purchasing? And they'll usually say, we just got the digital files. (laughs) So then I say, and what have you done with those digital files? And that's kind of like my gateway into talking about why I sell products and not just digital files, because I'd say probably is at least half the time they haven't actually done anything with the digital files from a previous photo shoot. Um, Or they'll have done something themselves, but maybe it was more hassle than they expected, that kind of thing. Like everyone's kind of time is money. So I kind of try and get that across like I come back to you you don't have to travel anywhere I come back to you show you everything and I always try to get an idea of what they might be interested in so it's like my first chance to kind of basically plant the seed in terms of what they might like to buy that I can offer them okay and is that then when you're talking about wall art or albums like you're planting those seeds yeah I'm usually I'm usually telling them they'll probably want both. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It's not an either or. (laughs) Right. Yeah, so I say, like, I have collections that include digital files, wall art, and an album, or, like, my top collection includes, like, a whole kind of gallery for the wall, a big, like, arrangement, uh, the best album, two mini albums for grandparents, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm speaking about it to them as if I'm assuming they're going for everything or nearly everything. Yeah, that makes sense. You're trying to, I mean, you say it even on your website, you're taking the hassle out of this whole thing. You're going to give them everything they're going to need for everyone in the family. Just leave it to me. I'll look after you. That's the impression I'm getting. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So do you ever have potential clients or people that, you know, you're talking to on the phone that say, look, we just want the digital files? Occasionally, it's not 
usually at that point I don't know if they're just being polite and going oh yeah all all looks great (laughs) and then you know they see the pricing obviously before they book and maybe they just see okay look we can just get the full set of digital files do what we want with them let's do that but they will usually let me know because I give them kind of multiple opportunities to say that to me it doesn't happen very often but if they do then I just say okay fine and I'll do like an online gallery for them if I really think they mean it then I won't bother going back for a sales appointment. I'll put them online, check you on them and done. And that's with Pixie Set or Shoot Proof or something? Yeah, Pixie Set, yeah. Okay, so and I'm gathering from what you said earlier that they're priced now at a point where if they take just the digitals, it's still okay for you financially. It is, yeah. So they're uh, 800 for the full set. But as I say, like not many people go for that. Most people are, are doing products as well. And at the end of the day, I save myself the journey back to them for the viewing appointment, the time spent doing all that. So yeah, it's fine with me when that does happen. Got it. And I know that you are about families and also kids. Mm -hmm. Are you doing everything you can to have both parents there at the session or you don't care? Yes. No, I'm saying like both parents have to be there basically, but if they're really insistent Like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. I just kind of, I reiterate the fact, again, at every stage I possibly can, that all decisions must be made at that appointment and payment is made at that appointment as well. So there's no chance to kind of change their minds afterwards. I learned that the hard way. (laughs) Right, okay. And this is happening before the actual session is booked? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I don't really go into like the fact that payment has to be made at the appointment before they've booked but I tell them this is how it works this is the process you have a shoot I go in edit the photos I come back and that's when you choose what you want to buy that's kind of how I put it okay so when I was talking about both parents I meant at the actual shoot like you know will you turn up and just photograph the kids or the kids and mum or and I'm generalizing here or does dad have to be there as well oh I see no there's always both parents there but I I don't actually get asked if they can do it without parents okay so that's always family photography for you yeah it is yeah even like with newborns it's always always including the parents as well cool okay yeah all family (laughs) all right so you turn up and you might catch public transport by the sound of it to the the client's home Mm -hmm. um spend an hour and a half to two hours with them is there much you know pre-preparation going on or you walk in with a you know camera slung over your shoulder and ready to start shooting (laughs) Pretty much that. We usually have like a cup of tea or coffee and a bit of a chat. And I'll say to them, like, I don't get my camera out straight away. I'll engage with the kids a little bit, depending on their ages. I'll ask them to show me their toys and that kind of stuff and just build a bit of a rapport with the kids before we start and the parents. But yeah, usually like we've chatted before they book and then usually we've chatted before the shoot as well. So we kind of, we know each other a little bit already, which makes that, that easier. For sure. And are you looking around the home or is the the client taking you around the home, you know, suggesting where these photos might be going or is that all happening at the sales appointment? Um, In terms of like where on the walls, for example. Yeah. If they're going to buy uh, wall art, are you looking for, you know, potentially what you're shooting for, where it might go in the home? Is that all happening at the session or at the sales appointment? It happens a little bit during the shoot yeah so I will ask while I'm there if they have any idea what they might like to do with their photos 
I check they've looked at the digital copy of the brochure that I've sent them, which has all my photos, all my products and the prices, of course. And then I take a physical printed copy of the brochure with me to the shoot. And I'll get that out at the end and say, look, I'm going to leave this with you so you can see a nice printed version and we'll have a quick flick through together. And then if they, you know, if they come across a picture of a wall art and say like, oh, oh, that one looks good and be like, yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful one. That's my favorite. (laughs) Where do you think you might want to put something like that? And then I'll take a photo on my phone of that wall space so that I can do a mock-up for them in Fundy ahead of their their viewing appointment, sales appointment. Got it. Okay. So has anyone been surprised at the pricing at that stage of the sequence with the client? Um... Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. There's one more thing I do want to ask you about, but you have been amazing. I love what you've created for yourself and I love the way things have changed so dramatically and so quickly. And the fact that you're based in the UK and sharing this is so good. (laughs) Where's the best place for the listener to see more of your work and what you do? So I'm most active social media wise on Instagram. So that's at Scriver Photo, which is S-C-H-R-Y-V-E-R, the photo. And then my website, I guess, which is scriverphoto.com. Fantastic. I'll add links to those and the other places that people can find you as well online. Helen, you've been amazing. I just want to ask you about the, on your website, it looks like you're traveling for shoots as well. Like, is this a new thing? (laughs) So I have one, um, one client who flies me all over the world for shoots. (laughs) Hang on. Let me just bring the, the listener into the picture here. So on your website, down in the footer area, it says, I travel for shoots. Uh, get in touch for available dates, upcoming locations included. And it's got uh, Dubai, Milan, Paris, and Lisbon throughout 2022. So are these trips that are 100% booked in and you're going, or it depends if you get a session booked? <laughs> so some are. I'm there for other things. So I'm in Lisbon for my sister's handy. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> so, But, you know, if someone happened to book a shoot, I'd just stay longer, right? Yeah. I do love traveling. Um, I have one client who books me for two or three shoots per year. Like it could literally could be anywhere. He travels for business a lot. He's a single dad and his son will join him at various times during the year. And then I'll go out and do a shoot with them. So that's amazing. So I'm always looking like while I'm there, like, can I do another shoot with someone else? Um, I also used to live in Spain. I was there for six and a half years. So I'll often go back to Spain and do shoots with friends of people I know and that kind of stuff. I'll just advertise that I'm going to be there and yeah, see what I can get from it really. Any excuse for a, for a paid holiday. <laughs> so good. And do you take your daughter with you when you go to these places? Like with this gentleman, that the single dad, like will you take your daughter to those places too? So she's never come on one of those trips because they've always been in term time, uh, which is very cross about. Um <laughs> I hope that next time I'll be able to take her. I mean, he's always said, oh, yeah, bring her along. You know, it's like he's really relaxed. So, yeah, I I could definitely take her. Wow. What a client. You must ask. Have you got friends? I don't know how to put more of those. If I did, then I'd be very happy. (laughs) Look, again, Helen, you've been amazing. If we were to chat in 12 months' time, you know, where would you like your business to be? Oh, I think I would like to be just more of the same, really. Uh, more shoots, more money. <laughs> and So not less shoots, more money? 
Oh, that's a good point. Uh, possibly. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with with the amount of kind of of shoots that I do at the moment. I'd probably like to have to do, to be able to do less giving the shoot for free and then hoping they spend at the end kind of stuff. So more of those organic bookings. Yeah, exactly. Organic, that's a good word. Yeah, more organic bookings would be good just to take that pressure off a little bit, but I'm definitely getting there. Love it. Again, you've been amazing, Helen. Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have. I've had a, a great time talking to you and I, I love the fact you're having so much success. So thank you. Um, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Helen as much as I did. Helen, again, thank you so much for sharing everything you have. A massive congratulations from me and the listener on your success. It is so good to hear how your business has grown and progressed to what it is today. I'm looking forward to touching base with you in the future and hearing how things progress from here. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Helen had to share today. Was there something that she did share that you thought, yes, absolutely, I can utilize that in my business and I'm going to do that. I'm going to use what she shared in my business. I'd love to hear about that. If you're happy to share, let me know inside the members Facebook group. If you're a premium member, let me know what your big takeaway was or is. If you're listening to the free version of the podcast, feel free to use the comments area of the show notes or send me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com. I'd love to hear about your takeaways from what Helen shared in today's interview. Talking about the show notes they are at photobizx.com forward slash 466 this week. You can see examples of Helen's fantastic work, and I really do mean that. Her work is fantastic. Go and check it out. I've also got links to anywhere and everywhere you can find her online in the show notes. Go and check out her guide. I mean, that alone, I mean, if that wasn't a takeaway, then you just weren't listening because it is fantastic. It is so, so good. So again, links to anything and everything are in the show notes and they're at photobizx.com forward slash 466. And if you are a premium member and you have a follow-up question for Helen, you can find her inside the members Facebook group. Even if you just want to say thanks, Helen, for coming on and sharing what you have or congratulations on your success, I'm sure that she would love to hear from you. It's shout-out time. I've got one big shout-out for today's episode, and this one goes to Pete G of Grit Photo in Australia, who left a lovely five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Pete says, the podcast is an incredible source of information and inspiration, and he goes on to say in his review, as a photographer turning a hobby and passion into a business, I found this podcast an incredible source of information and inspiration. There is such breadth and depth in the approaches of the photographers interviewed. And while not every episode will be for you, there will be hundreds that you will vibe with and you will find invaluable. I've never been so motivated to start building my photography business. Pete, that is awesome. It's so good to hear that the podcast and the interviews have helped you with your business and your motivation. I'd love to hear more about things as they progress. And please let me know where I can link to from the show notes so I can help you with your SEO. I need a, a URL, ideally from your website that I can link to. It's my little way to say an extra thanks for taking the time to leave the rating and review that you did. And if you can include a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for, I'll make that the anchor text that links to your website. So again, Pete, massive thanks for taking the time to leave that rating and review. It really is appreciated. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com.
I mentioned at the top of the show that I am heading away next week over to Europe. So the plan is to keep the podcast coming out every Monday as they usually do, well, my Monday, but there could be the odd interruption here or there. But my plan is to make sure that things keep running as normal as they usually do. I'll still be answering emails, spending time inside the members' Facebook group, so I certainly will not be unreachable. So feel free to get in touch if you have any questions along the way while I am overseas. Now, talking about heading overseas, I did mention in my email yesterday, if you did receive it, that I'd love to hear from you. If you've got any stories that have prevented you from being able to work because of injury or illness or some other unforeseen circumstances, and I've got some great replies I'll share a couple with you now. This one is from Linda Bex from Me Photography. She says in her email, I had a glamour shoot in the morning a year ago and thought I could go to the gym before to do a step class. Well, someone next to me did something stupid. I looked at her and then tripped over myself and felt an intense pain. I could hardly walk, but I had the shoot and I couldn't cancel because this client was already on their way over with makeup and hair done. So hopping on one leg, I did the shoot (laughs) and got through it. I later had a scan and it showed I had a broken foot. Unbelievable. Linda, you are a trooper. (laughs) It's so, so good you could get through that. That is so good. Well, so bad, but so good. I had this reply from Ali Stewart-Ross, who I featured in last week's episode of the podcast. She was saying in her email that she was doing a letterbox drop with a little pamphlet that she'd made for her photography business. And I don't know if you know the UK, but a lot of the letterboxes there are built into people's front doors. So you have to basically poke the letter through the letterbox into the front door, which usually opens into someone's hallway. Anyway, Ali jammed her little pamphlet into the letterbox of someone's house. She felt this extreme pain and the sound of a yappy dog. And it turns out the dog had jumped up to grab the leaflet and actually was hanging onto her finger on the other side of the door. (laughs) It finally let go and dropped to the ground. Her finger was still attached, although she said she couldn't look at it. It was that sore and there was so much blood. And she had to have minor repair surgery and an intravenous drip for the next four nights in hospital. Although on day three, she had to shoot a wedding. Oh my God. Anyway, the doctors allowed to let her out to go and photograph the wedding with a huge bandage on her finger and her right hand. And that was the last of those leaflets. (laughs) Great story, Ali. Thanks for sharing. Lucy Dumas, the photography business coach and past interview guest, uh, also shared a funny story. She says she was in San Francisco and had accidentally booked a flight home the day before Thanksgiving at 9 p.m. She had to shoot the next day and the client was only in town that day. And this was at a time before mobile phones and she didn't have her phone number. Anyway, she had dinner at a place called The Stinking Rose a heavily garlic-based Italian restaurant. And she left three hours early to catch her flight. Normally, it would be a 45-minute drive from the restaurant. But the traffic was insane. She had to race to the gate, got there sweaty and (laughs) garlic-smelling. And as she plopped down in one of the middle seats, she discovered that she was sitting next to her client for the shoot the next day. She says they both had a good laugh and the entire plane had to smell of garlic on the whole trip. (laughs) Great story, Lucy. Thanks for sharing. And finally, I love this one from John Harris because it's also bike related. (laughs) He was mountain biking 
down in the snowy mountains in Australia. And like me, one minute he was upright, the next he was on the ground. He thought he was okay, just a little bit winded. So after getting his breath back, he rode to the bottom of the hill and he realized that he wasn't okay and he had to head it off to the hospital. Turns out he had three broken ribs and a partially collapsed lung. <laughs> oh my God. John also goes on to say, it made me realize how precarious my business can be when I'm suddenly out of action for three to four weeks. I had a lot of rescheduling and I lost some commercial jobs. And once back at work, it was full on fitting all the delayed jobs back in. John goes on to say, it was also kind of nice to have an enforced break from the business. I came back mentally fresh and full of motivation. I feel like I'm more productive than I ever was before and tackling business maintenance and development jobs that I've been putting off for years. Yeah, I think I think there's always some silver linings to these things that happen to us, but I've got to say at the time they are happening, it feels absolutely terrible. Anyway, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Don't forget if you are on the $20 per month premium membership plan, there's a special available right now. It's lasting until the end of the month. There are more details at photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. If you are on the $20 per month membership, sign up for the special membership price for the 12 months and I'll also credit back whatever payment you've made this month. And of course, the special price is available to free listeners as well. It's a great time to get on to the premium membership. So photobizx.com forward slash holiday special for more details on that. Next week's episode will come to you I'm thinking it's going to be scheduled to come out while I'm in transit to Barcelona in Spain. So fingers crossed that all works well. Uh, Otherwise, I might take the automation aspect out of it and upload it a day early or a day late. I'll see how it goes. But anyway, keep an eye on your podcast app for the new episode next week. It's an absolute ripper. It's one where I I really struggle with. I felt like I had to uh, tiptoe around a lot of the topics and it was a little bit uncomfortable because I was trying not to say the wrong thing the whole way through. Anyway, check out that one next week. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, healthy and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 